This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable-ish. Before we dive into today's intro, just wanted to let you know some exciting podcast news, which is that Sustainable-ish is now available on Spotify. Yes, I worked out the technology and I figured it out. So not only is Sustainable-ish now available on iTunes and other areas where you may find your favourite podcasts, but it's also on Spotify. So do let your friends know. Do share the sustainable-ish love. And for now, on with the intro. So when I was first approached to ask if I'd be interested in interviewing Susie Hewson, the founder of NatureCare, about their new flushable wipes, my initial response was a resounding no. I feel or I felt quite strongly that we should be discouraging the use of single-use wipes and also that marketing a flushable wife flushable wife who would flush their wife (laughs) a flushable wipe would confuse the message that's starting to slowly filter down that wipes should very definitely not be flushed but I decided to do a bit of digging and a bit of research and it dawned on me that if I'm going to brand and label myself as sustainable ish then these wipes are probably a very good example of that sustainable ish approach We went cold turkey on baby wipes during our year buying nothing new. And I have to say, I haven't used them for at least six years. So it just proves that it can be done and it can be done with young children in tow. The answer is reusable wipes and companies like Cheeky Wipes now make it super easy for anyone to make the switch. And remember that when we're talking wipes, we're not just talking baby wipes here, we're talking makeup wipes, cleaning wipes, pet wipes, you name it, there is probably a wipe for it. And for each of those scenarios, reusables will work just as well. And in an ideal world, disposable wipes wouldn't even exist or be needed. But I'm also a realist and I know that my little social media bubble, my Facebook group is not representative of the vast majority of society and that the wipe genie is not going to go back into the bottle anytime soon. So actually maybe there is a need for a better type of wipe, a wipe that doesn't contain plastic because all wipes contain plastic except for as we hear these new ones from NatureCare and a wipe that's been through a rigorous certification process and independently verified as being safe to flush by the water authorities. Now, I am fully expecting a bit of a backlash from putting this out there to maybe be accused of, I don't know, not being green enough for advocating disposable products. But please, before you write me an angry email or you leave a disparaging comment on social media, listen to this podcast right to the end. 
I came away from my conversation with Susie with a changed mind and a respect for her and her brand and what they're trying to achieve. As Susie says, she set up Nature Care to be a campaigning brand, one that drives standards up, shows what can be done and invites the rest of the industry to step up and to do the same. I would always encourage the use of reusable product over single use, but I also know that none of us is perfect. That there might just be the odd occasion when we need to reach for a packet of wipes, whether we're at a festival, obviously if you're much hipper and cooler than me, if you're on holiday without any washing facilities and you've got young messy kids, or for a myriad of other reasons. And for those occasions, I think it's great to now have a choice, rather than to have no option other than to add another piece of plastic into the environment. So please do take a listen with an open mind and ideally with a cuppa and a piece of cake by your side. Enjoy. Hi Susie, welcome to the show. Hi there. Great to have you here. Can you start off as we usually do with our guests by introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about you and about NatraCare? Okay, I'm Susie Houston and I am the founder and developer of NatraCare, organic and plastic free feminine hygiene products. Brilliant. Now, I read on the website that you started the business back in 1989, which I can imagine was probably way ahead of the curve at that point. A long way ahead of the curve. There was no curve. (laughs) (laughs) It was flat earth. Um, So tell us how you got started with it then and what was the motivation behind it? Um, I suppose because I've been, I have a lifelong environmental group, Sanding conservation cause so I'm very close to the environment and of course at the time I also had two tiny young children right Uh, and I saw uh, I knew I'd lived in Sweden I knew about environmental policies with respect to pulping industries because I used to cycle to college Mm -hmm. uh, and in the morning the rain that came down from one of the one of the major brands um, production products um, was either orange or green and I knew this wasn't natural the river, the river, yeah, <gasps> like a reen, like a like a uh, like a brook, I suppose. Wow. Yes, yeah, so it was a. They were weird colours, and I never it never clicked at the time as to well, what is this stuff? And and then when I was back in the UK and there was a program, um, World in Action that was broadcasting about the dioxin pollution from pulping mills. So at the same time, Greenpeace had a huge campaign to prevent chemical companies from dumping dioxin chlorine at, at sea. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing, whether we use the sea as a dumping ground. Um, and in this program, they were talking about products that are made from materials that are created with this pollution. And feminine hygiene was one of those things. And the, the end result of the, of the program, which is a great investigative piece, indicated the the industry itself the feminine hygiene industry indicated itself that oh there's nothing to worry here you know it was sort of a parochial pat on the head to women there's nothing to worry about and um my natural response having experienced this this stuff mm. uh, in in sweden was that it made me angry and um the fact that they didn't want to make a difference like, you know this is one of the when you're presented with information that is there to to encourage people to change or to look at the problems and make a change. They weren't changing. Right. My, my natural then was almost don't get mad, get even. I, if, if you're not going to change, then I'm going to have to do something about. And after sort of period of campaigning 
the brands themselves who just ignored it, I then decided then the best thing to do is to put a product out there that women have an alternative. So it's no good to say, don't use this, don't use that. If everything is the same, I needed to put out an alternative. So that was the momentous moment. <laughs> and so what was your background? Had you had any background in um, marketing or product manufacture or anything like that? Nothing in manufacturing. Um, I, I graduated as a, my first degree was as a graphic designer. So I'd worked in industry with respect to um, graphic design and marketing as in that regard. Uh, and I had a postgraduate education, so I knew about educating. <laughs> so, um, no, I think I, I felt that perhaps I'd had an adequate ed- education and in a graphic in graphic design, you, the whole the whole concept of graphic design is to look at a problem and provide a solution, maybe in a in a visual or, or typographical way. But it's the same process of research and deliver. So I guess I felt that I had the intellect, uh, the resources. Obviously, this was pre-internet, so <laughs> don't go Google or ask Siri. Um, it was my uh, my local. Uh, it was the Bristol Research Library, which was a joy. People, you know, when people think about libraries and they think of these places that maybe they consider not to be relevant, it was highly relevant to me because that's where they held the technical documents that I could get for free. Um, because I'm not backed by any investments. Mm-hmm. I've not got big investors. I've got no investors. I just have my own little bit of savings that I use. Um, so the library was the place to go to uh, and look at what research there was in terms of market analysis, um, kinds of products that are out there, distribution networks. It was a long process. Wow. I'm, I, I can't even begin to think where you start with that kind of thing. I think lots of us have thoughts about things that we'd love to already exist, but very few of us go on to actually make that thing happen. It's hard. <laughs> So what was the first product that you came up with? Um, the first product I came up with, two pads, two sanitary pads, a pa- one pant liner, and um, the organic the tampons, organic cotton tampons. Yeah. Um, they, the, the idea was my principles, my, and which are the principles of all our product design, was that it had to be made from materials that weren't bleached with chlorine at all, so they're all totally chlorine-free. That was mm-hmm. the dioxide issue. Um, that I had to uh, reduce the amount of synthetic as, as much as possible. And when I say as much as possible, um, in, in 1989 and actually right up until 1995, there were no there were no alternatives for polyethylene. Yes, yeah. not exist. Um, and also to where possible to reduce to make sure that there were there were no synthetic materials in contact with the skin. Yeah. So uh, I, I had to sort of not only did I have to create the brand, you know, who am I? Who had to go and talk with raw material manufacturers to get them to produce something for me that yeah. wasn't anything that they would sell to anyone else because no one else is asking for it. Yeah. Um, so that, that I started with those core products. I developed the brand and the number of products in the, the range as the technology allowed me to move into bioplastic what was the response like because back then as you said there was no curve probably a case of educating people about why they need the product and then getting them to buy the product yes i had to undo 
education. Mm. I had to undo what women thought about their products because um, the first thing I did was obviously questionnaires, and these are written questionnaires. What is it that you think your product is made from? And it was yes. it was astounded as to what women really thought they were using, and because they look white and they look like sort of cotton wool or mm. whatever, mm. Their, their perception was that oh, we must be cotton. And I think that's probably still a lot of the perception now. I think a lot of people don't realise quite how much plastic is contained within sanitary. No, oh no, well sanitary pads are 90%, 90% plastic. I mean the wow. material that's next to the skin is usually um, a polypropylene, which is uh, a synthesised material, which is plastic. Um, and all the wipes are made from polypropylene too. Yeah. Um, the, the core, which there's, there's so many have moved on from the sort of fluff pulp, Mm-hmm. or to make um, what are called air lays. They're sort of composites of a bit of fluff pulp and a lot of other things that are not natural, um, will not biodegrade. They're, you know, they're sort of latex materials, there's acrylics, there's super absorbents again, which are plastic. And then the backing is polyethylene um, and another, a whole host of things that are added, you know, stretchy wings, it's latex. So 90% of sanitary pads, are, uh, are, are generally derived from are plastic. So wow. when it's not only the, the upstream of the, the pollution that's created in making these materials, it's also the downstream when you dispose of them. Um, those are problems. And of course, with tampons, they're either viscose, which is a, again a, a synthesized natural. It is a natural product in that it's 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 a biodegradable product at the end because it comes from from wood. Um, but the processing of that material is very toxic, very damaging to the environment. So viscose in tampons, maybe a little bit cotton. And, in, and when we talk about cotton, we talk about normal cotton, which is um, the vast majority of cotton that's grown across the planet is GM yeah. and, and sprayed with pesticides and herbicides. And when you look at viscose, you know, uh, in order to... Uh, prevent viscose developing mold because it, it, it is quite a moist and very highly absorbent so uh, to stop processed viscose developing mold it would not it's generally sprayed with some kind of fungicide stop it grow fungus <laughs> and this is something that we then put well to not put it too finely inside us in a next to a very absorbent skin layer yeah, yeah, and you know, and the average usage is what eleven to twelve thousand pieces in your lifetime. You know, the, my 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 understanding um, about this this industry is you know, it's a huge, huge multi multi billion pound business across mm. the world. That the, the the ease is the ease of making things from synthetics and mm-hmm. materials, and then there's, there's the process of what what is what is defined as development and and in, in in the sort of major brands their concept of development is to add more and more manufactured processed synthesized materials to reduce their raw material costs yeah uh, and to increase the absorbency and and they that that is then presented as comfort or mm-hmm. or extra protection or, or whatever but then because the, the products are sold on those emotional needs of yes. women, um, no one then, or very rarely, does anyone stop to ask the question, well, what makes them so-called? You know, what makes it this way? What have yeah. they done? Because there has to be something more than just natural materials that, that they can argue is an enhanced 
product right. um, and, and that means putting even more synthetics into the product and so you've gone almost completely the other way and taken all the stripped all those synthetics out yes because they're, these products yeah. are over engineered yeah yeah that's the whole point they're over engineered for the purpose of what what feminine hygiene is intended it may appear to us that we lose a lot of blood but um, we don't actually yeah. use that much even if you have dysmenorrhea it's not a lot of blood that you use so um, the, you could wear one of these some of these pads you could wear one for your whole period and still not use up all the absorbent material right. put in there so there's over engineering yeah that is a waste of resources too as well as a burden on our waste yes, um, yes yeah. I've stripped back all that <laughs> yeah um and, and also make sure that women don't have those materials that we know. We don't know long-term effects. We know short-term because we've seen with uh, gynecologists and dermatologists who have seen an increase in the dermatological problems associated with wearing sanitary pads that contain materials. Wow. Um, or, or using wipes that contain harsh ingredients. Yeah. We are seeing this and have seen it for a lot of years. Things are changing how young women talk about and think about their periods and they, they, they're out there about the expression of menstruation. Mm -hmm. but, but we're still not bold enough, or maybe I think I'm bold enough because I've, you know, I've been harassed that much <laughs> talking about things, that we're still not bold enough to, to question what are these things made from? Where's, yeah. where's the ingredient list on the pack? that I can make that decision. We have and no idea. So tell us what your sanitary products are made from. Well, our pads are made, next to your skin is organic cotton. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the core is totally chlorine-free wood pulp. It comes mm -hmm. from um, a sustainably managed forests yep. forest in, in, in the, the north of Scandinavia. We use a, a home compost certified biofilm uh, right. that you can go into your home compost bin. And then the only non-natural component of our pads is the glue to stick it to your pads. Oh, okay, yeah. So, uh, and there's nothing we can do about that, sadly. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, it's 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 the last, it's the holy grail of yeah. material. Um, our tampons are made from 100% organic cotton. Everything in the tampon is organic cotton. And in our applicator tampons, the, the actual applicator itself is made from card. There is a sort of low impact in the extract of those raw materials and the whole component, the whole end product can go, can go into a home compost bin if you have one. I was going to uh, say that. Do people do that? Yes, they do. <laughs> and if you're like particularly in, say if you're in places where you don't have a flushable system, if you've got you know, a, a compost, compost toilet and, a, yeah. and people in America do, a lot of people in Scandinavia do, um, it, it's also safe to go into into a dry compost toilet. Oh, brilliant! Um, and then the the breakdown component. So even if it was in a landfill, if you, if you shove it off to a landfill, even even if it was sitting in a landfill, it's the end product that that material is no different, very very little difference to the soil that sits next to it. Right. Nothing toxic that's going to come from that product. Over the last couple of years the public awareness around plastics and plastic pollution has sort of skyrocketed. Has that fed back to, to your business? It has skyrocketed, but um, I think the focus is generally, the focus has been on the things like shopping carrier bags yeah, sure. and straws. 
um, the, the obvious, the visually obvious ones. And yes, and I've worked with Friends of the Earth and Greenpeace um, to 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 make sure that 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 people do know about this information and that that, that there is research out there for how much plastic there is in our in our rivers and our mm. oceans. And we know now that everywhere, everywhere there are microplastics. So yeah. we're drinking it. Uh, the, probably if you're eating fish, um, that fish has got microplastics yeah. embedded in its muscles. So um, it, it's something that's been going on for a long time. And I think the outrage is is probably because we've been, the, the research that's being presented to people shows just how, how pernicious plastic is and how, yes. How, how much of it there is so I think yes uh, the, the original focus on plastic carrier bags and you know that I, and I, I did this statistic about 10-12 years ago and people quote it back at me but I worked I'd actually worked out by dissecting branded pads that there are the equivalent in every pack of sanitary pads for plastic carrier bags wow so in a pack of 12 or however yeah. many sanitary yeah. pads there before carrier bags. Equivalent to four plastic carrier bags. So, yeah, I, yes, there is a great there is a great surge of, of protest about plastics, and mm. and this I think there's a big a big change. People are outraged about it, but I think we need to go further and yeah. start asking questions about those plastics, the hidden plastics that are not declared in products that people believe to be something else because it's. Sure been designed to look like something else yeah now I always say to people with plastics that you know the ideal is to to refuse and to, or to use a reusable product and there are lots of brilliant reusable um sanitary products available but I guess for those people who aren't quite at that stage or you know if you're going away or for some reason your reusables aren't an option it's really reassuring to know that there is a more sustainable and plastic free option yeah, and I think the two, uh, you know, I don't think that's, I don't think that there's a difference in sort of um, people's idea about using um, renewables and and products like like ours. In that they're not not in competition, mm-hmm. they are an option. Yeah. And when I first started thirty years ago, um, and I worked with the Women's Environmental Network, and I think it's their thirtieth anniversary this year too. Um, we did uh, we did a sort of little film with. I can't remember what the TV channel was, but uh, from my kitchen, and mm-hmm. I had my products, and the Women's Environmental Network had a like a, a, a menstrual cup mm-hmm. that they used to sell to raise funds, um, and, and I can remember the sort of aghast expression on the right. guys who were filming, isn't it? What the hell's going on here? And uh, who knew? You know, it takes thirty years to make these things commonplace. Yes. Um, it's a, it's a long process, but sadly, over those thirty years, the pollution levels have grown exponentially. Yeah. So, one of the other things that you make is wipes as well, and I think we're all becoming more familiar with the fact that wipes are not good, and people are flushing wipes. What are some of the issues that we see with regular wipes? We have organic cotton wipes. Mm-hmm. Be very, very proactive in in making sure that we educate people I know I work with from way back um, with Welsh Water on the bagging mm. campaign um, it's not to flush wipes that are not proven to mm. be so uh, 
Um, the majority of wipes that are out there, and I know with my working with Water UK, that even the water industry were not aware that wipes were made from plastic. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're so cheap. I mean, you see products out there, you know, for a pack that are a pound, you know, mm-hmm. how do you make something that cheaply? Yeah. Um, well, the answer is polyethylene or polypropylene. Um, or you, you take a material like viscose or bamboo. And, and just to be clear, bamboo is viscose. Okay. Bamboo is a raw material, like wood would be a raw material, but the end product is viscose. And it uses, as you said earlier, it uses quite a lot of quite harsh chemical treatments. You know, if you think about a bamboo plant, that's a very hard, rigid thing. So to mm-hmm. get it into a soft, pliable form. Well, it's extracting all sorts of things. And yeah. it's a caustic process. They use caustics in that. So when bamboo ends up in a wipe, it's actually viscose. Mm-hmm. And, and actually in America, there is no definition for bamboo as a material. It's, you can't call it bamboo. You have to call, <laughs> it, call a spade a spade. It's yeah. So, and by to to eke out that fiber, generally twenty five percent binders are added to that material, and those binders are acrylic. So those binders are plastic. So twenty five percent of those, some of the most of those natural natural of marketers natural materials, whether it's, it's viscose or bamboo, will contain um, acrylic binders, so plastics. Yeah. So when people flush wipes. They often cause these horrible fatbergs that we've all seen on the news and things, don't they? Yeah, and they're and they're worldwide. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. Well, um, when I looked at this problem, and you should remember that um, I started this company. We are a campaigning brand, mm-hmm. so I looked to see where where is the plastic problem that we're looking at. I've talked about feminine hygiene. I, mm. I know our brand is out there. Where else do we need to go? And I saw that. The wipe industry had on their on their agenda uh, an increase in the market share and the and the production of wipes that was fourfold. They saw right. a market potential to increase the sales of wipes fourfold. And when uh, was that? Oh, just a few years ago. Oh wow! So the they the non-woven industry has a look out for what else they can put into a wipe, and we've seen all sorts of examples of. Wipes for wiping your toilet, wipes yes. for your glasses, wipes for, I know, wiping your dog's feet. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sure they'll come up with some yeah. even further ones. But, um, so I, I, I went to my local water place, Southwest Water, um, to look at their problems that they have down there. And, uh, and I saw, I actually, I could identify products that were coming up the spirals. Because Southwest Water like £5 million a year to clear out the stuff from their processing systems that people put down the toilet that they should be putting down the toilet. From there, I was introduced to um, WRC, which is the Water Research Centre. Um, and, and I thought, how can I, how can I work on this? And my conversations with them over time was that they, the Water Research Council, even they thought, it, it took them a long time talking with the industry before they actually found out that the products that they were looking at were plastic. Mm. Um, but because you, I am very, very conscious that it's important not to point the finger of blame at consumers. Mm-hmm. Consumers, we, we're all consumers, we have a responsibility, but we are not responsible in that we're not, we're not making these products. Mm-hmm. We're not aware of the damage that they can do when we're told that they're flushable. Yeah. So, 
I'm, I'm very conscious that we, I needed to think about how can I produce something that people will cap, they'll, they'll do what they do naturally, but they at least they'll know that at the end result is that they, they can responsibly flush the product. So it yeah. took three years of development and we found that our product uh, was the first pass the, um, the fine to flush standard. It's quite a, a sort of intense standard. It's not just because we all know, you know, when people think that something's flushable, it's cleared the bowl in your toilet. Yes. Um, that's not where it all ends because it goes into your local system, which yep. is the pipes under your garden, uh, and then it goes out into the main system, and then it gathers and it ends up at wastewater. But what is happening when people flush this stuff down the toilet and there's all sorts of things that people flush down the toilet I mean sometimes I find it unimaginable how do you I mean how do you flush a brick down the toilet no um, way apparently I was told by WRC that they actually found that people someone had flushed a brick down their toilet that's oh, a flush I would say <laughs> um but you know people flush sanitary pads they flush baby diapers incontinence pads wow. um condoms goodness knows what and, yeah. and sometimes people flush things because i maybe that they're you, you can make excuses of why people will flush things and that's something that you know that's another conversation about how people feel um pressured to flush stuff if they live in mixed flats for instance nice. or they don't have bins or whatever the reason or just unaware of where mm. the, what they're doing but these the, the fact that we are ending up with an enormous amount of money being wasted because water companies are having to deal with the consequences of what manufacturers have not told us we shouldn't be doing or have actually physically encouraged us to do it so these fatbergs which is um a mixture of the you know fat and and, and icebergs if you like it's um they're basically uh, a collection of fats that people yeah. are also pouring down their sinks and the sort of detritus that gets flushed down with wipes being, the, I guess we'll say the worst offender, yeah. but there is other stuff down there. This stuff congeals in our, in our sewage systems. And, and we've seen pictures of fatbergs yeah. in London uh, and, and uh, I think also down in Sidmouth. Uh, right. But it's a global problem because New York and Detroit, they have the same problems. Mm. Um, clogged sewers, sewer pipes, sewer backups, equipment failure, uh, wastewater treatment plants. They, they can't, it impairs the process of the treatment, which, and the end result of that treatment is take sewage out and deliver clean water. Mm. Um, and the cost of that is, is coming back to, to us, mm. obviously, um, in our water bill. So we're basically punishing ourselves by... <laughs> making it harder and more expensive to deliver what we all need is clean water and management of our, of our sewage. Yeah, so even uh, if the wipes make it to the water treatment plant, presumably there's, there's something there that stops them and they, all this stuff has to be fished out and then disposed of appropriately. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think it's, it's estimated that every day flush down our toilets just in the UK there are 700,000 panty liners, wow. two, and a half, two and a half million tampons, 1.4 1. million sanitary towels every day. 
uh, and then that doesn't take into account how many people are flushing baby diapers yeah pads. And, and here's a word I went to um I went to a, an event up at City Hall in London and and, and I've been in this industry for a long time and it, it and a statement was made that going forward um London was going to be putting waste bins in men's toilets and I thought well of course because men who are using incontinence pads where are they putting them yeah. well, how if they've got no bin where are they going to put them down the toilet so it's suddenly a light bulb came I think how could I not have thought of that I mean, a simple thing like putting a bin yeah in the toilet and educating people that these things should not ought not must not be flushed down the toilet yeah um, so yes, it is, and and, and if it and when it gets to the wastewater, if it gets that far, if it's if there's a if there's a fat bug in the system, and we're seeing more and more of these, and they are huge, then the potential then, and it does happen, and it is very expensive, is that waste gets backed up back to your, oh. and and a lot of of callouts to homes in London that had been flooded by sewage. Oh. Oh, it doesn't houses like yeah. because of you know consequences of, of blocking their drains. Yeah, so it's, it's also a human health. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you said earlier that that you guys have produced the first truly flushable wipes, and and they're called safe to flush wipes. Is that right? Yeah, and they carry the fine to flush um, accreditation that, that that they have passed the Water UK standard. And so what is that accreditation? Can you tell us a little bit about what, what happens during that accreditation process? Yeah, first, it's, I should point out that it, in the absence of this published standard, the only standard that existed um, was a one created by the industry that makes non-wovens and wipes themselves, mm-hmm. a voluntary yeah. standard. Right. <laughs> and I would argue that any industry that creates its own standard yes. generally is thinking about the industry first, mm-hmm. any other industry second. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these wipes that are, are, well, all of these wipes that are claiming that they're flushable um, have generally been tested to the industry's own standard. And the water industry, having seen this stuff going on, decided that they would, uh, expand the standard that they already that the water industry had themselves water uk had themselves to take into account all the other processes down down the chain if you like mm-hmm. um, so it's not just about clearing the bowl because once you flush yeah. you know and if you've got an eco flush you know that might not even clear the bowl um, so there's this it's called a slosh box test that first part um, and there's a significant difference between what the water water industry determines to be the right the right um, uh, I don't know what the technical term is uh, what the, the rotation of right. of, of the, the wipe in a slosh box to replicate a toilet right and it's a lot slower uh, than the very very vigorous slosh box that the industry uses mm-hmm. that you would never. Yeah, you, maybe if you had it on the 1200 spin or something in your yeah. washing machine. Um, so in addition to that, there is what's called snag testing. So there's a whole series at WRC, they have a whole series of pipes that have deliberate snags in them because 
in the sewage system, and especially in old sewage systems, which Britain in London has, and maybe smaller, narrower pipes or whatever, that bits stick out. Potential for anything flowing through it other than liquid mm-hmm. to get caught on. So as things get caught, everything gets backed up behind it. It, it goes through that test. Yeah. And then the, the last bit of the test is a sort of chemical analysis. So as we all understand, you know, we've had this with microfibers that if you don't know what's in the water, how can you take it out? Mm-hmm. It may be that you find stuff that's in the water that is impossible to take out if you don't have filters. So yeah. the last bit is analyzing the chemicals, um, looking for plastic microfibers, looking for chemicals that are not, um, they don't have systems for removing yeah. or putting it back into the, this is what we need to remember is this whole process. The end result is to put, drinking water back into our taps so it's an important thing that the water the water industry has taken this huge push to to look at what is going down our drains by consumers encouraged by industry Mm, they can be prepared to deal with what ends up in the wastewater treatments that they need to take out yeah. So it's a it's a long process. It's not just uh, here you go down the loo. It's gone. It's every bit of the journey to the waste treatment plant. The standard is very very rigorous. We've passed all parts of that system, which Brilliant. is to our that's how we designed the product to make sure that that it did do that. Yeah. So you said conventional wipes are made from plastic. What are the safe to flush wipes made from? Paper. Okay. Paper base. You know, this is a mantra that people should always learn. Um, pee, poo, and paper. Yeah. The only three things that should go down the toilet. And and when I said, uh, you know, that it's it's important not to point the finger of, of blame at consumers, is that if they think there's wipes of paper, or it looks like a natural material, yeah. or they believe that it can, it will. They've been told that it's flushable, therefore it is. I mean, I'm a cynic. Yes. I mean, I never stop asking the question why. And, and I, I always, I've been in this industry long enough to know that the tricks that industry uses to, to manipulate an outcome, that we should be much more wary about what we're being told about these products and ask yeah. more questions. And if in doubt, use a precautionary principle. If in doubt, if you, if you like a particular brand and it says it's flushable, um, but you have doubt, um, that's not to say that you should stop using that product, that just make sure that you put it in a waste bin, but mm-hmm. also be aware that you're sending then sending more plastic to landfill yeah. because it will be plastic. So that idea that, you know, there's so much hidden plastic that we need to be much more conscious about in want yeah. to resolve the problem of plastic in our environment. Yeah, and I think if, if any of us have even stopped to think about what wipes might be made of, We've just assumed that they would be, as you say, paper. Mm-hmm. So the or even if they think it's a natural material, because if they think, oh well, it's made of bamboo or it's yeah from viscose, it must be biodegradable. Biodegradable doesn't work in a sewage system. Yeah, um, and and something that's biodegradable doesn't necessarily mean it's compostable. Everything will break down into tiny bits, but it's yes. fallen apart into lots more pieces of plastic when you started. With yeah, which is harder to deal with. Yeah, possible to deal with. Um, so are the safe to flush wipes home compostable as well? Yes, you can put them in your compost bin. Paper. Oh, yeah. 
um, and, and we've designed them such that it's, it, it, we've branded them, you know, to be a, to be a campaigning thing, to get the message across. And, and, and who knew that men were the largest users of white? The, the idea of a moist tissue yeah. was developed um, way back by the, you know, brand expen- extension for, yes, men are the largest users. Um, but we've designed our brand to be, you know, anyone can, you can use it wherever you need to use something around the toilet, but you, your you know, usage predisposes that. If those plastic brands say, well, we, we did tell you to brush it, but you are actually using it around the toilet, if you're, if you're using it to train, potty train. Yes, yeah. Um, then you're, you're most likely to put it in the toilet. Yeah. Uh, unless you are, you know, if you're well trained in not putting things in the toilet, and I hope people are becoming more well trained, then by definition, usage, it goes in the toilet. You yes. worry at all that these wipes are going to confuse the issue and that we're now, it feels a little bit like the message is getting across, like you said, the three P's, um, poo, pee and paper, and that if there is a wipe that's flushable, people will then assume that all wipes are flushable. Uh, I would say it was the opposite because you need to look for accreditation. It's the same if you think about, um, if you talk about organic food, um, do we assume that all foods organic? No, because we understand what the organic accreditation means. So the water companies and their water UK is, you know, the overriding body. And then there are 12 water companies. The water companies themselves want this sold because it costs them money. Yeah. Um, and it's bad PR for them to be passing those costs on to consumers. So mm-hmm. they themselves want this. And for me, I don't think it's confusion. You know, um, regulation is the foundations for innovation. Yeah. Nothing stimulates innovation more than the potential to be prosecuted um, for creating an environmental catastrophe. And in, mm. in America, Retailers and consumers are prosecuting these brands for the damage that has been created in their systems. Um, so I don't think it confuses. I think it it there it it shows that uh, if you're not certified to this standard, that you're either not willing or you need to make it very very clear. Um, that this product should not be anywhere near a toilet. toilet. So it's not confusing. I think it's actually liberating if the industry embrace it um, and say, okay, how can we meet this standard? Um, Then change comes about. And um, unfortunately, what I've seen in the industry is that their attitude is not so much, how can we embrace this standard and make products better so that we're, delivering an environmentally superior product to consumers uh, and protecting the environment, they're, they're looking at how can we challenge this? How can we right. change the standard? Can we have two standards? Can we have three standards? Can, oh, we have okay. standards? can we, you know, can we just put a symbol on the front that says do not flush? So yeah. I, I, and this sometimes takes t- time and it takes also um, consumers to realize that this is a challenge this is a you know you can make this choice mm-hmm. um you can you can choose a, a product that says fine to flush it's been yeah. certified um and challenge those brands that don't to change yeah. because otherwise it's just the status quo yeah now i know there might be people listening who are quite far on on their sustainability journey who 
will be thinking, well, why is this even a thing? Surely we ought to be looking at phasing out wipes completely. But I know that there are probably the vast majority of people out there who do reach for a packet of wipes on a, you know, especially if you've got young kids on a daily basis. So as we said with the sanitary products, I think to have that choice and even, you know, going off to a festival or wherever where you might want some wipes to freshen up and things, I guess these can be used in those scenarios as well. Yes, absolutely. And, and one thing to remember is that when this standard was being developed, the industry um, and the industry body, which is Idana, the mouthpiece of the industry, said that their, their very words to, to the Water UK was that uh, no one will be able to pass this standard and the product at the end will not be fit for consumer use. Mm-hmm. That was being the outcome that they would have liked because that means then they don't have to change. Yeah. So as a campaigning brand, our objective was to show that, yes, this standard can be passed and the end product is a brilliant product that people will will use. Mm-hmm. So it's a choice. It is a choice. People can choose, you know, however, that the, the fact that there is a choice, but at the moment, there is no choice. Yeah. If you're picking up a white, you are just adding plastic to the environment. Yeah. And our objective here is to is to force the bar to go higher, not yeah. lower. Yeah. Um, and to show that this is a standard that can be achieved and that can deliver an environmentally positive, an environmentally positive yeah. product um, that that can um, can allow people to use them for what for what they need to use but on the other hand clearly people need to rationalize how they use products yeah. um, uh, waste waste is always a you know a, a thing that we should always be putting at the center of everything you do yeah if you don't waste um we our resources are scarce um but nothing is more scarce than our clean water yeah yeah so the outer packaging of the wipes, I'm assuming that that still has to have some plastic component in order for it to be waterproof? Yeah, it's, recy- it's a recyclable material. Um, it's PET. Um, we tried using um, uh, a product that was produced that, that claimed to be, um, to be a sort of biodegradable material, but unfortunately it's, it's permeable. Right. So it gets bacteria through. Yeah. Um, and it meant that the material, the, 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 the shelf life of the product couldn't be sustained. Yeah. Um, so there needs to be, but that's not to say that things can't change because we press all the time for better materials. Mm. And I think unless we call for these changes yeah. the packaging, then it never comes. Yeah. So currently the packs can be recycled. I think TerraCycle have a wipes recycling scheme, yeah. don't they? Yeah. And I know yeah. that there are a couple of others. Brilliant. So where can people buy the wipes and the natural care stuff is it just online or are you available in sort we're of in 84 countries like... around the world wow <laughs> so whenever you're traveling um in the uk we're in uh we're in waitrose on the cardo uh, natural product stores um there are hundreds of online stores that carry out products yeah. um but if yes we'll broadly available and probably places that we didn't even know we were available but you, <laughs> you can go to our website which is naturecare.com and we've got a where to buy section on there. You can look to see who are the main, the main just uh, points where you can buy the product. But yeah. 
Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. I think it's amazing to see a brand, as you said, that's a campaigning brand as well, and that is really working to raise the standards within a whole industry rather than just how can I make the most money out of this? Absolutely. Otherwise, what's the point of being here? (laughs) What's the point? You know, this is our, you know, our planet. It's our habitat. We need to maintain a good habitat for us to survive. And science is showing us that we ain't doing a good job of it. So it's a small part that we can do to make it better and to raise it. You've been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, Do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.